For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Hello and welcome to this round five edition of the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by my co-hosts Tom McCracken and Connor Malice. Boys, how are we going? Yeah, good to be here, Jesse. Yeah, great to be here, Matt. Fantastic. Now, uh... Probably not the uh, the closest round that we've had, particularly compared to last week in round one, which were both ridiculously close. A lot of double-digit margins in there. However, one game which was an absolute ripper. We'll start off with Subiaco taking on the Swan Districts in Kalgoorlie. Great game, great ground as a matter of fact, and the atmosphere there looks sensational. All the locals getting around it. And uh, Connor, Subiaco, they, uh, they looked about done at three-quarter time, yeah, mate. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Jesse, about it not being a close round at the end of the at the end of the line there. But gee whiz, this game was close as it could be in that fourth quarter. I mean, Subiaco kicking five goals four to bring home the victory and keeping the Swanee scoreless in that fourth quarter. So, I mean, the excitement was all there down at the Boulder in Kalgoorlie. It was sensational, wasn't it? And Tom, that uh, combination in the forward 50, Ben Socker and Ryan Borchette, just tore the uh, the Swans' defence to pieces in that last term. Oh, they absolutely did. But let's be honest, we all know back six gets chicks. And if you can keep a team scoreless in the last quarter, that's what that's what it's about. That's going to get you across the line. But yeah, Borchette, he, you know, he was all over it, all over in front of goals. I don't know if it was his home ground. Uh, we're going to hear from him later on in this podcast, but yeah. He was, geez, he was up and about, wasn't he? Sensational, wasn't he? I mean, eight touches, four goals. Just before we move on, boys, Subiaco, two and three now on the cusp of the top five, and uh, they're, they're starting to look all right all of a sudden. Yeah, it's starting to get back their form from last year. It looks that way, doesn't it, Jesse? But, I mean, they did have a pretty tough start to the year, and, you know, you can't win every single game. And, you know, if you're not performing at your best, then, you know, at any league or at any sport, you can get topped off your top spot. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, because 0-3 doesn't look great on paper, but when you consider those games with South Fremantle, West Perth and Claremont, you can sort of understand it to some degree. But nonetheless, the reigning premiers with back-to-back wins and now are starting to make a move into those uh, that top five there. Tom, Claremont, well, they uh, they got the job done pretty easily against East Perth, didn't they? Yeah, they got they got up and over and, you know, they, they found their way 97-50. to 50. I don't think it comes as a huge surprise seeing Claremont kick through. They had plenty of scoring opportunities. Obviously, when you're kicking 14, 30, 13 by a final siren, you know, they, they're going to end up just putting daylight, and that's what they did in between the Royals. They're sort of starting to create that gap now. Still early days, Connor, but you look at the ladder, they're on 16 points. Souths are on 12. Subiaco are on 8. We've seen the last couple of years, they've just, just been behind the Bulldogs and the Lions and have probably, you know, suffered in those prelim finals as a result. But they're just starting to break away a little bit and who knows, maybe they might finish top of the ladder. Yeah, look, there's they're at every opportunity to do it. I mean, they did have a bit of a slow start against the Royals. I mean, only kicking four points in that first quarter, but, you know, they obviously turned up in that second quarter kicking seven goals too, so... Um, as long as they can keep putting in fourth quarter efforts, especially against those top four sides that we predicted to be there at the end of the year and especially throughout finals, I think these guys might be a real contender. Yeah, Jai Bolton, sensational performance again, following up on his 51 against the Swans, gathering 30 touches for the home side there. And uh, and Alexander Manuel kicking 
four goals for the Tigers. Hamish Brayshaw once again outstanding for East Perth with 31 touches for the game. And uh, kicking off to the third game for the round now. And uh, South coming up against Peel at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. And uh, South, similar to Claremont, Tom, just uh, got the job done. Yeah, they certainly did, Jesse. They were able to find a way against a pretty, you know, it wasn't the most packed Peel Fremantle side we've seen. But um, nonetheless, it was pretty impressive in my eyes, kicking away in that last quarter. Well, uh, really, in the third quarter, they made the dent pretty early on. They, they went about it quite easily south. They're playing some pretty good football now. Jake Florenka playing outstanding football, 41 touches and two goals. I mean, you, you, oh. what more could you ask for from your midfielder there? But uh, surprised he's still playing there, mate. I thought, oh. you know, he's playing such good level. Uh, he's playing such good footy at the moment. I thought he sort of would have still been sniffing around the West Coast list. Oh, look, I mean, you'd think he'd be in the conversation. What do you reckon, Connie? You reckon Florenka, a few more 40 disposal games wouldn't hurt, would it? Oh, not at all. I mean, we did see him perform pretty well uh, when he did fill up that contingency list for the West Coast. I mean, he's still young at 25, 184 centimetres, 86 kilos. So there's still a lot they can do with him. Might still be a mature age recruit, but, you know, he's still probably got at least another seven years of good footy in him. Mason Shaw there kicking three goals for the home side and uh, Darcy Tucker, the standout for Peel with 28 disposals. Were, were we surprised to see Darcy Tucker uh, get omitted from the Fremantle squad, boys? Possibly, but I, I kind of thought the biggest surprise, not maybe omission, but uh, failure to be selected was uh, Sam Stewart. Three on the weekend, only, you know, nine touches. He's really starting to come into some forward, you know, a bit, a bit of form, particularly when Fremantle do need some forward line... Uh, that, give it a little bit of a boost. They need some help, don't they, uh, Tom? And, you know, Sam Sturt, like you mentioned, three goals. Jai Miss, two goals. Josh Tracy chipped in with a couple himself. It, uh, You know, you, you think about how Fremantle have struggled to score the last couple of weeks, and these uh, boys at Peel are certainly putting their hand up. So it'll be interesting. I suppose we'll have to watch this space when it comes to the uh, the Peel boys getting a call up at the Dockers. Your mob, Connor, they're, uh, they just keep getting along, don't they? I mean albeit against a depleted West Coast Waffle team, but uh, you can only beat who's in front of you, and they certainly did that. Yeah, look, a bit of a um, training match, really, wasn't it, at the end of the day. Um, 17 goals, 17 to 6 goals, 2. And, you know, I mean, Eagles did turn it up in that fourth quarter, kicking 4 goals, 2, but to say that, West Perth kicked six, <laughs> goal, 6 goals, 6 as well, so heavily scoring in that fourth quarter. But, yeah, the boys playing really well. Aaron Black with 29, Trent Manzone with 30, few of the boys turning up especially Shane Nelson getting 34 as well such a, a well-rounded performance by the Falcons wasn't it and now four and one on top of the ladder a percentage of 139 and that one loss by less than a kick to Claremont which all of a sudden doesn't look so bad so the Falcons they're uh, they're certainly looking the goods in uh, season 2022 and I couldn't have been more wrong with the Eagles the week before could I? <laughs> Oh, oh, look, that was... Oh, mate, <laughs> what what was that, you reckon? You reckon oh, it was... Do you still in the mix. Do you think it was the uh, the week, that, that extra week that East Freo had just to recover, or do you think that would have happened regardless? Well, we did do the podcast before we realised that that contingency list would have been so heavily relied on and half of the reserves were flying over with the Eagles. So, I mean, if I had that factored in, I probably would have changed my vote but yeah no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong if i yeah. tried can imagine those reserves boys getting on a flight to brisbane and the east Fro boys just getting to relax hit the ice bus and uh yeah, yeah probably uh became a, a bit stiff in the end there didn't they but uh perth demons taking on east Fremantle at mineral resources park and uh your mob there tom they're uh well they probably should have won by more in the end 
Yeah, they, they, it was a possibility. And, you know, as a supporter, a little bit disappointed that they weren't able to capitalise on some of those opportunities. But, oh, look, Murdoch was outstanding for East Fremantle, the Sharks on the weekend. 32 touches, two goals. Cameron Eardley, 28 touches. Uh, Tommy Bennett got 21. Um, and Alex Montalban kicked three snags. Uh, look, plenty of scoring shots in front of goals for the Sharks. Promising signs for um, all those, you know, those East Fremantle supporters out there, and they're they're having a bit of a run of it now, mate. We're, hey, they're look, up it's, and about. look, it's been a long time between drinks, oh, hasn't oh, it, for it East has. Fremantle? But it's it uh, look, they're doing everything they can at the moment. Four wins, one loss. We're talking about West Perth as our potential premiership favourites. Well, they're equal with West Perth, and they're a couple of percentage points behind on one thirty-seven. So, if you're going to give West Perth their props, then uh, the Sharkies are certainly deserving of it as well but uh speaking of the sharkies boys um what do we reckon do we think still early days albeit but do we see them finishing top five at the end of the year well i think we're about to find out when they take on subiaco this week at the wacker yeah. Yeah, this will be the best test for both clubs well we spoke spoke to borchette as well and he said how important it is for those guys you know to potentially go three and three and east Fremantle really wanted to start to prove their point in the waffle and say that they're a contender for the flag at the end of the year yeah, the race is starting to heat up now here in season 2022 of the Waffle. So the next uh, three to four weeks, we're certainly going to see some movement around the ladder, I would imagine. But uh, as mentioned previously, we did catch up with Lions forward Ryan Borchette and uh, had a good chat to him about the game in Kalgoorlie, returning to his hometown, playing in front of his family and friends. And uh, yeah, a memorable win for the Lions, so uh, let's look back and have a listen to what the Premiership forward had to say. Ryan, are you there and how are you? And mate, six out of your eight touches resulted in scores on the weekend. Was it the home crowd motivating you to get over the line or just you just wanted to get on the scoreboard? Oh, hey fellas, um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I don't know, I guess being in front of your home crowd, it's, it's always exciting and it's always nice to um, put in a good performance, but no, we're, I'm always trying to do the team thing, and I was just lucky enough to get on a, on the end of a few goals, um, and then yeah, it was it was special to um, play in front of the home crowd. Yeah, good day, Ryan. I'm um, just curious to know, mate, what was the message from your coach Bo Wardman at three quarter time? Because 20 points down there, it looked like the Swans <coughs> had your number. Yeah, I think he just um, reiterated what he spoke about before the game. Um, there was a little bit of a breeze heading towards the end. We were kicking in the last, so. Uh, we had that up our sleeves, but he was just saying um, wet weather footy uh, suited our suits our game style. So we just want to continue with the process and, and surge the ball forward. And lucky enough, we were um, yeah able to put the score on the board. And uh, Benny Sokol was able to yeah put the put the game to bed in the last last few minutes. Now, Ryan, these boys really love your statistics, but one thing that really sticks out to me is your haircut, and we spoke about it a little bit on the Monday Waffle in round two. Here's what we had to say. There was a positive for Subi out of the week, right? Borchette probably mm. has the best salad it's fresh. in the comp. <laughs> it's fresh, isn't it? It's a big call there, Connor. Big it, call. it is. I might even put a salad award for the year. Now, I heard through the rumour mill, mate, that you're doing something with the very special salad. Yeah, there's a bit of talk around me cutting it off, but um, yeah, it's a bit undecided at the moment. I'm trying to trying to find a good fundraiser to uh, to get behind, and um, yeah, probably probably at the end of the year, look at cutting it off. How's the vibe around the club at the moment, there, Ryan? It was uh, tough going for you boys to start off the season, zero and three, but a couple of wins on the board now. Is there a better feeling around the club? 
Yeah, I think there's obviously a better feeling when you got wins on the board, but when we were zero and three, we didn't feel like we were actually playing that bad. Um, just some, some small patches throughout the game that I think cost us. And we've had a lot of young guys come through the club um, in the first few rounds due to um, blokes having COVID and, and injury. And it's, it's good to give them some exposure to some Waffle League footy and um, create some depth back in the reserve. So I think the feel around the club is, is obviously a little bit better now, but um, it was not um, nothing bad at the start of the year when we were zero and three. So, yeah. Now, yeah, Ryan, um, you guys are taking on East Fremantle this Saturday. Um, what have you noticed about them this season so far, mate? They're currently sitting second on the ladder, and they're looking pretty impressive off a couple off the back of a couple of good wins. Yeah, even towards the end of last year, I noticed when I was um, on the sidelines, uh, they were sort of building towards uh, going to be solid this year. So they got some uh, some older, experienced guys in, in Juppie and uh, Cam Erdley and uh, Big John O'Marsh. So. Um, and yeah, they're they're flying at the moment, five and one, I think. So um, yeah, it's going to be another tough challenge for us. And this um, this block of games is really important with us um, trying to win as many as we can. Obviously, with our zero and three starts, not the greatest. So um, yeah, it's going to be a tough challenge. And I think we're playing at the Wacker, so that'll be interesting. Good to have the uh, footy back down at the Wacker for sure. Now, was there? Did you guys have a team meeting after your? pretty slow start to the year. Is that what's brought you guys back? Uh, we have team meetings every Monday, but um, nothing nothing out of the ordinary, I think. Um, each and every week, Bo just sort of spoke about what we needed to work on, and uh, we were sort of building towards what we wanted to do. And um, against East Perth, it, it was slowly coming together a little bit more. And then again on the weekend with Swannies, um, uh, the weather obviously didn't help with with how we wanted to move the ball and that. But, um, yeah, I think we're building towards uh, our best footy and uh, hopefully we can get back to uh, where we were last year at the the top end of the table. Just lastly, Ryan, the game on Saturday looked like a tremendous atmosphere in your hometown of Kalgoorlie. Can you just talk a bit about how special it was playing there and also just, uh, I suppose, the change of conditions and, and things of that nature? Yeah, it's obviously, yeah, it meant a lot to me. It's pretty special to get back home and, and play in some of my uh, good family and friends and my home ground is the Railways Footy Club. So the atmosphere along the wing there was, yeah, it was really good. Um, pity that the weather didn't turn it on for us. I think we would have got a lot more lot more people there. But um, no, it really meant a lot to me and, and the way the boys handled themselves and we were able to get over the line is, um, is something I'll remember forever. Ryan Borchette there, the Subiaco forward joining us, the Kalgoorlie local, and a very special and memorable day for him playing in his hometown in front of his family and friends and a very memorable win for the Subiaco Lions. But we'll look ahead to uh, to round six now, boys, and we'll start off with Peel Thunder taking on Claremont down in Mandurah. And uh, who have you got for that one, Tom? Oh, look, mate, I reckon Claremont are going to be getting up for this one. They had the wood over him last year in uh, round... Uh, 15, and I, I, mean, I just think Claremont's going to be a little bit too strong. I think you're going to see you know, maybe the changes in Peel um, that might come through from Fremantle. just affects them a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I reckon Claremont yeah be, be a little bit too strong. What do we reckon, Connor? Yeah, look, I, I'm going to say Claremont as well, mate. They're playing very good footy, um, and I just don't see Peel, especially after this week, maybe getting back up on that horse. 
Oh, I'm going to go an upset, boys. I think Peel, they've got enough firepower Ooh. in the forward line. Look, if Sturt, Amiss and, uh, and Tracy stay in there and if Darcy Tucker and uh, Carl Warner and those boys are through the engine room, Connor Blakely, I, uh, I think they've got enough talent there to get it done. So I'll back the Peel Thunder on that one. East Perth taking on West Coast. Hamish Brayshaw up against his old mob there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out at Leaderville. And uh, Connor, who have we got for that one? Yeah, look, it's a no-brainer, unfortunately. It's going to be uh, East Perth for me. I did back West Coast a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and that didn't do Won't too well. Won't be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely back at East Perth this week. Tom? Oh, yeah, look, mate, you've got to be doing the same, hey? Like, they're, they're a bit of a dismal state of affairs down at that West Coast club. Like, the, the 22 players they put on the field each week, give it their all, but they're just not at the cut that's required. Um, yeah, I think it... East Perth, you know, they're gonna, they're really gonna have them this week. You'd love to back them in and and oh, you know yeah. give them a chance against East Perth, but yeah, I, I'm with you, with you on this one, boys. I think East Perth will just be too strong at the end of the day. Now this is going to be an absolute ripper, boys. At the Wacker, two ten Saturday afternoon, East Fremantle taking on Subiaco. Cannot wait. Yeah, it looks it's going to be a great game. I mean, Subi now playing playing Kalgoorlie, uh, down in Kalgoorlie last week to now playing at the Wacker. So they're roaming all around the place, which is great to see for West Australian footy and for country footy alike. Um, looking back at the form between the two clubs, East Freo have won the past four out of the six, but I'm still back in Subi. Subi? I'm going to go Subi. They're playing oh. some really good footy <laughs> at the moment. And as we spoke to Borchette, who, you know, Subi are starting to find their feet again. And I reckon they could bring it back and... Bring it to 3-3. Connor predicting three in a row for the Lions. Tom, I take it you've got oh, a no. different point of view. He's dribbling out of his ass. this bloke, okay. <laughs> Like The Sharks, man, they're going to be coming out of the blocks early. Plenty of footy up forward. We're going to be hitting oh, straight off the back in the first quarter. Sharks. I think sharks, by, sharks by 18, boys. There you go. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I'll back you in on that one, East Fremantle, on that whacker surface. I think it, it's a, uh, a quick surface. I think East Fremantle will have the game plan to get over the top of Subiaco Lions. Still backing them to make the five, though, but East Fremantle might be a bridge too far. Now, uh, your mob, Connor, West Perth taking on Perth. It's, uh, look, a bit of a danger game there for your mob. Uh, West does it best, Jesse. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the way they played against South Frio, I suppose we should be a bit more hesitant, but the way the boys are playing at the moment and the uh, footy style that they're bringing, I back in West Perth. Tom, who have we got? Oh, yeah, look, oh, I think, yeah, West Perth, it's really going to be hard to beat. They're playing pretty clinical football at the moment. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be hard for, you know, Perth. They're, they're, they've taken on so many new players this year. They're still trying to find that sort of midfield group that really works for them. Yeah, um, West so Perth. have to go with West Perth. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, West Perth starting to hit, hit their straps now and uh, just think they'll be too strong against the Demons. I'll back them in from a, for about four goals, I reckon. But, uh Swan Districts taking on South Fremantle at Bassendine. You look at th- these two teams on the ladder and you'd think South should get it done, but uh, the Swans, they, they go pretty well in, uh, in their neck of the woods. Yeah, they certainly do, the Swannies, Jesse. I wouldn't write them off so quickly. They tend to get a little bit of... They get up and about when, they, when they're <laughs> going to be playing at home, mate. And they've been playing some OK football in patches. And I think they could offer a bit of a surprise package this round. So I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the Swannies. Look, they'd be uh, they'd be livid after that loss in Kalgoorlie against Subiaco. Definitely looking to make amends. Connor, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I'm going to call it here. It's going to be the yeah game of the round. Um, but I'll be back in the doggies. 
just so I can be opposite to Tom. <laughs> so I have something to argue about with. Just him can't handle week. it. Can't so handle it. Give him a phone call at 2 a.m. just cheering on the doggies. <laughs> yeah, I can't go with Tom either. So I'll back in South Fremantle to defeat Swan Districts and uh, should be a. Well, you'd imagine probably a closer game, or a closer round, I should say, of waffle football than what we saw this weekend. But uh, the season's starting to heat up now, boys, so a, uh, a big month ahead. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Tom McCracken and Connor Malice. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting.